morning, everyone. Um, I wanted to get the last few verses of Ecclesiastes chapter 11 in your mind before we began in chapter 12, because the end of chapter 11 and its reflection on youth uh, really sets up what we're looking at today, which is the first seven verses of chapter 12. Um, Sort of following on from those verses that you read, I want to start um, with a quote. Uh, A great American poet wrote a set of verses It's been popular now for several decades. I think it was 1984 that this was written. And it's been rehearsed and repeated on broadcasts around North America, around the world, millions of times since it was written. And the fourth stanza of this really summarizes the meaning of the whole. It goes like this. I think I'm going down to the well tonight. And I'm going to drink till I get my fill. And I hope when I get old, I don't sit around thinking about it. But I probably will. Yeah, just sitting back, trying to recapture a little of the glory. Yeah. Well, time slips away and leaves you with nothing, mister, but boring stories of glory days. Yeah, they'll pass you by, glory days, in the wink of a young girl's eye. Glory days, glory days, glory days. Yeah, they'll pass you by. Now, I think Bruce Springsteen read Ecclesiastes. (laughs) Or he has certainly had a life experience similar to Solomon. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. Or more literally, vapor, vapor, all is vapor. The glory days of our youth are vapor. They're insubstantial, they're going to pass you by, and they won't get you through the days to come. When you're no longer the star athlete, as Bruce sings in verse 1, when you are divorced and a single mom, as he describes in verse 2, you lose your job at the Ford plant in verse 3, all you have is a memory of the glory days of youth. And Bruce hopes in verse 4 here that when he gets old, he will have something more than just the glory days But he admits that they are likely all he will have. Is he going to sit around talking about them? Yeah, he probably will. And so far in Ecclesiastes, the preacher has been teaching us wisely to avoid dead-end roads in life. Uh, Materialism, hedonism, cynicism, intellectualism. He said these are all dead-end roads. Uh, The teacher has also been teaching us how to wisely walk uprightly down roads we may not be able to avoid through injustice, uh, under corrupt civil authority, uh, in poverty, and in other situations like that. And now, as the teacher nears the conclusion of his book of wisdom under the sun, there is one more road that we have to walk down, and we have to walk down this road wisely, and it is the road of time. Time and age come to us all. If, if death does not come early, then it will come finally. And Solomon would not have us walk in futility down the road of life and only being able to look back on the glory days of our youth. When we were the star athlete, when we were the pretty girl in school, when we had the great job. Because the glory days will not get us through the evil days, the dark days, the old days, or our final day. 
no matter how much good in life we can manage to grab hold of, when the days are sunny and we are young and strong, we need to find a hope in something that can overcome the futility of the evil days, of the dark days, and of the old days, because they will come. And ultimately, we need to have a hope in something that can overcome the finality of our final days. And so as he begins chapter 12, which is the last chapter, as we outline it today in Solomon's book on wisdom, he's speaking again to his young audience that there is a hope. There is a way through the days to come, and the best way to face them is to remember God before they arrive. In other words, we are told that we should remember God before the difficulty of evil days, we'll see in verse 1, before the fragility of old days, in verses 2 to 5, and before the finality of our last day, in verses 6 to 7. And so I'll just pray before we read these seven verses in Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and see how Solomon is pointing us towards a greater hope that he only sees dimly, but he knows is ultimately fulfilled in God, and we will see how it's fulfilled in the covenant to come. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. Thank you for this journey that uh, the teacher, the preacher, Koaleth, has brought us through in Ecclesiastes, and we're not quite done yet, um, but he has been teaching by your Holy Spirit and, uh, and opening our eyes to the roads that we need to uh, get off of quickly because they run into a dead end, uh, teaching us how to wisely walk down roads we can't avoid, and here showing us in the end where all of our hope is to be found. Uh, in the days that are now and in the days that are to come. We pray that you would open our eyes and our hearts and our minds by your spirit in Christ's name. Amen. So Ecclesiastes 12, uh, verses 1 to 7. Remember also your creator in the days of your youth, before the evil days come and the years draw near, when you will say, I have no delight in them. Before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are darkened, And clouds return after the rain, in the day that the watchmen of the house tremble and the mighty men stoop. Sorry. The grinding ones stand idle because they are few, and those who look through windows grow dim, and the doors on the street are shut, and the sound of the grinding mill is low, and the one will arise at the sound of a bird, and the daughters of song will sing softly. Furthermore... Men are afraid of a high place and of terrors in the road, and the almond tree blossoms, and the grasshopper drags himself along, and the cranberry is ineffective, for man goes to his eternal home while mourners go about him in the street go about in the street. Remember him before the silver cord is broken, and the golden bowl is crushed, and the pitcher by the well is shattered, and the wheel at the cistern is crushed. Then the dust will return to the earth as it was, and the spirit will return to God who gave it. Amen. So you can see here that, uh, and I'll just warn the biblical scholars ahead of time, um, I know that if you were to critically assess this text, it would actually be in two parts. Solomon is talking about the time of our old age, before the evil days come and before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are darkened, those are the same days. And then he talks about in the second part, 
before the silver cord is broken. But you see, I know that. I know it's in two parts. I could just talk about those two things, but I'm picking up on the word before. Remember your creator before, before, and before. And I think it's okay for me to work the evil days of our life into what Solomon is talking about here prior to old age because that's what he talks about through the whole book. So I'm just being perfectly honest with you because I know there's some biblical scholars out there that will say, Paul, you're making three points out of a two-point text. But you see, I want a three-point sermon. And if I use the word before, then I get my three-point sermon, okay? So I'm just being honest with you and I'm telling you that I know the structure of the text and I am abusing it, okay? So... That allows me to say that our first point is to remember God before the difficulty of evil days. And so, this is before we get to old age. Remember also your creator in the days of your youth, before the evil days come and the years draw near when you will say, I have no delight in them. So this is in contrast to the joyful sunny days of youth. Solomon has in mind here seasons of life when we will say, this is not delightful. I don't delight in my circumstances right now. I've had a few of those seasons in my life. I'm sure you have had some seasons in your life. I'm sure some of you right now, here and listening online, are in some of those seasons. Or in a season of that where you're saying to yourself, I do not delight in this. This is not delightful. Very simply, evil days will come, dark days will come, and the circumstances of our days will not be a cause for delight. And Solomon's already talked about what might bring some of those days about in our lives as we walk under the sun. He talks about loneliness in chapter 4. He talks about injustice in chapter 8. He talks about the consequences of foolishness in chapter 10, among other things. All of these things can bring evil days into our lives. And we can feel no delight in these particular days. But Solomon says when you are young, before those evil days start showing up in your life, remember God. Remember God when you're young before the dark days arrive. Not because remembering God or fearing God causes the evil days to be completely prevented, but because the joys of youth and sunny times are an insubstantial place to put your hope. Those days will be gone. And when they are gone, what will remain when the dark days come? But if you remember God before the evil days come, then you will have reason to hope. There will be substance and strength in the midst of temporary trials that are not in the moment delightful. Psalm 46, 1 to 3 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. So the psalmist says, when those days come, when it seems like everything is crumbling around you, God is your refuge and your strength. He is your present help in those days of trouble. And note that neither Solomon nor the psalmist nor any writer that you will find in God's word in the Bible will tell us that hoping in God eliminates the evil days or the troubling days. But they will emphasize that God is our strength and God is our comfort in the midst of those evil days. He gives us the strength to bear up under the trouble of our circumstances. Isaiah 40 says, He gives power to the faint and to him who has no might, he increases strength. 
See, the word of God doesn't say, I'm going to take you out of the situation where you need to be strong. I'm going to give you strength because you're in a situation where you need to be strong. Paul says in Romans, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword, as it is written, for your sake we are being killed all day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So again, Paul does not say that his fellow Christians don't experience the abuse of others. They absolutely do experience the abuse of others in tribulation and distress and persecution. Paul does not say that Christians and his, his, his fellow believers in God are, are immune from the effects of the fallen world and famine and poverty and injustice. No, he says, in fact, we are getting killed all day long like a herd of sheep going to the slaughterhouse. Like it is trial and tribulation all the time for us. But in these things, we are the conquerors. In fact, we are even more than conquerors through Jesus and his love. You see, if, if we remember God before the difficult days come, then when we go through those difficult days, we go through them with God rather than without God. Our delight is not contingent on the circumstances of the days, but on the degree to which we remember, fear, and trust God. You want delight and satisfaction and peace even when it seems your life is crumbling around you, even when anyone else would look at your circumstances and say, there is nothing to be delighted in. You will be able to say, but I delight not in my circumstances. I delight in God. I don't look at my circumstances and say they're delightful. I look at God and I say he's delightful. So first of all, if you're struggling with evil days or dark days, if you have no delight in your circumstances right now, I encourage you to read a book like Philippians and listen to the sermon series on that book we covered in October last year and into December. Philippians is a whole book on how to delight in God and not delight in your circumstances. And I also encourage you, if you are in these dark days right now, to talk to one of your Christian friends or talk to an elder or talk to myself because God has given us him, the love of Jesus, his spirit, the ability to delight in him. He's also given us his church. And so you're not meant to go through these dark days alone. But Solomon goes on and he says, remember before the evil days come. And then he says, remember God before the fragility of old days come. I won't read it again, but we have this poetic sort of verse here on the coming on of age. The watchmen of the house tremble, the grinding ones stand idle, the doors of the street are shut, you wake up early at the sound of a bird, all those types of things. And we need to remember God in the fragility of our old age. I'll put that back there because I'm going to talk about it for a second. You see here, he says, the arms tremble. The legs stoop, the teeth fall out, the eyesight dims, we can't hear because every sound is low, we can't sleep through a full night, we're up early with the birds singing, can't hear anything else, but can hear those birds outside your window at like 4.30 in the morning, they get started. 
says here it's not just physical stuff. Anxiety sets in. We're afraid of falling. We're afraid of leaving home. We're afraid of traveling because things are different. We just want everything the same. We don't want anything to change. We don't want to drive on the 401 anymore. We don't want to stay in a weird hotel that we've never been to and not know where things are in the dark. Our hair turns white. We lose our vigor and we lose our sexual desire, possibly. It says the grasshopper drags himself along and the capperberry is ineffective. So it's often, the capperberry being ineffective is often translated that we lose our desire because the word capperberry is similar to the word desire and it might have been used in that sense in ancient times. I did a little more research though and there's actually a second thing that people never preach on. Capperberry in ancient times was actually used to control flatulence. And so it could be that you lose sexual desire or it could be that you're just really gassy. (laughs) Either way, the capperberry doesn't work anymore. Okay? These are days I'm looking forward to. I'm going to be gassy and there's nothing anybody can do about it. So... But this is what Solomon says. Like, this is what Solomon is saying to all these young people, right? This is what he says to Bruce when he's singing about his glory days. It's like, those days are not going to last. And if you do not die early, you will grow old finally. And so we need to come to grips with this. And again, Solomon says, remember God before those days come. In other words, if we remember God before these days come, that means we can prepare for them by walking with God before they arrive. These days are much darker and much more difficult if you enter into them without having remembered God. Without God in the frame, all of our attention is bound up in the experience of getting older. My mother is over 85. I have friends in their late 70s. None of them seem particularly excited about getting older. They never seem thrilled about it when the topic comes up. It isn't easy getting old. Most people I have heard talk about it say getting old is the hardest thing they have ever done. And these are Christian friends. And so I think to myself, if that is true with God, I could not imagine growing old without God. How could you? What what hope is there, Solomon is positing here for us, what hope is there in growing old without God? It is not a pleasant experience. We need to remember God before these days come. What are some good reasons to be walking with God before the effects of old age set in? Well, first of all, to remember to work while you can in the ways that you can. The Apostle Paul agrees with Solomon that the days are evil, and his advice to Christians is to make the best use of your time. In Ephesians, he says, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of your time, because the days are evil. I I can imagine that some who have grown older, as Christians even, might regret, and regret might overtake them if we keep putting off some ministry work or some mission purpose of God in our lives, thinking we can always do it later, and then infirmity and age overtake us, and we have let the chance to serve in that particular way slip away. And if we remember to walk with God before age overtakes us, we may avoid regrets in not serving how we had hoped in the health and the life that God blessed us with in the time that we had it. Walk wisely, not unwisely, making the best use of your time. 
That is not to say at all that God does not have a purpose for everyone at every age, because remember that God does have a purpose for every season and every day of your life. In Romans, the Apostle Paul says, For none of us lives to himself, and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. (laughs) What this verse tells me is that either way, We can neither say, I'm young and carefree, and so these days are to live for myself, and there will be other days in the future to live for God. Nor can we say, I'm old, and I did my time, and I deserve a rest, and the young people can do it. Paul says, nobody lives to themselves or dies to themselves. Live or die, young or old, it's all for the purposes of God. And so God will use you in your strength, and God will use you in your weakness, and he has a purpose for you in both. And so there is no retirement, so to speak, in terms of the kingdom of God. God has a plan and a purpose for every day, and no one lives and no one dies except to the glory of God and to the purpose of God. So if that's true, then, by remembering God before we get old, we have opportunity to plan ahead. Before we retire from the work of the world, before the effects of age start to befall us, we can make plans on how our lives, even in the later years will serve God. Proverbs says, commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. Isaiah says, even to your old age, I am he and to gray hairs, I will carry you. I have made you and I will bear and I will carry and I will save. In other words, make plans. Remember God before old age because he can carry you. He can support you. He can bear you and he will save even in your old age. We also remember God before age overcomes us because it allows us to remember that God has provided everything that we need for this season. And by that, I effectively mean the the common means of grace of God in his church. No Christian is meant to grow old alone. You always have spiritual brothers and sisters, aunts, uncles, even as you're older, perhaps even fathers and mothers. 1 Timothy 5 says, Do not rebuke an older man, but encourage him as you would a father, and younger men as brothers, and older women as mothers, and younger women as sisters, all in purity. So there is a sense in which we have hope in the old days that are coming because God has given them purpose. God has equipped us with wisdom to plan. He's provided for us in a spiritual family to care for us. And so we have hope with God and remembering God as opposed to no hope apart from God. And then finally, Solomon says, and perhaps most poignantly and most importantly for all of us, remember God before the finality of your last day. He says, remember him before the silver cord is broken and the golden bowl is crushed, the pitcher by the well is shattered and the wheel at the cistern is crushed. Then the dust will return to the earth as it was and the spirit will return to God. Who gave it. So finally, here, Solomon says to remember God before our last day. Again, with this poetic language, the the silver cord is cut and the golden bowl is crushed and the container is shattered and so everything spills out. The gears of our engine, so to speak, is broken and dust returns to dust and our spirit returns to God and it's finished. It's over. And it's important that we remember God before our last day. 
Hebrews 9.27 says, Just as it is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes the judgment. Remember how Solomon started this back in chapter 11. At the end of chapter 11, he said, Live it up while you're young, but remember God will judge. (laughs) So remember God when you're young. Remember God before the evil days come. Remember God before the old days come. And definitely remember God before the last day comes. Because you only die once, and then comes the judgment. If it's bad to enter evil days without remembering God, or to enter old age without remembering God, then it is tragic to enter death without remembering God. Solomon knows there's no other certain, unshakable hope than God. You think of this chapter standing at the end of the book of Ecclesiastes, you can see it in contrast to all else that is futile and insubstantial. Everything else that Solomon has explored under the sun is wind, it is vapor, it is futile, it is insubstantial. It will not get you through the evil days, the old days, or the final days. There is one certain unshakable hope, and that is God. Solomon holds up God, the creator, the savior. He is the one who gets us through all of these days. Now remember that the Old Testament sees dimly what the New Testament sees more clearly through the person and work of Jesus Christ. And so if we were to take this old covenant understanding that Solomon has, he can see as he lives his life under the sun, he can see and point us towards God. He can say, remember Yahweh, the creator. That is where your hope lies. But if we were to think of the New Testament, the Apostle Paul has a reminder for his Christian friends about where our hope lies as well. He says in 1 Corinthians 15, Now I would remind you, Brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. So what does that have to do with what Solomon is talking about? Solomon's saying our hope for these dark days, this cursed world, the tragedy that we suffer, the destruction of our bodies, the finality of death is God. And Paul says, I want to remind you of what is of first importance, and it is the gospel of Jesus Christ. All these things that Solomon saw dimly become more clear when we understand what Jesus Christ came to do. He came to live a perfect life and to die a sacrificial death and then to be raised for our justification and our salvation. And Paul connects the two in this chapter in 1 Corinthians 15. Later on he says, so this this is why it matters to you. So it is with the resurrection of the dead, that what is sown is perishable, what is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable. And this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written. Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, did Solomon see all of this? No. 
He was carried along by the Spirit, writing things and prophesying things that he did not understand, Peter tells us. As Solomon's writing these things in Ecclesiastes, he's saying, I know there's something wrong with this world. I know it's broken. I know there's evil days. I know there's futility. I know these bodies are deteriorating. I know our only hope in the judgment is God. But Solomon can't see clearly what it is, but on the other side of the cross, we see clearly. We see that it's what Christ did on the cross that is going to undo all the futility of this life under the sun. Those evil days will be forgotten as we delight in Christ and in God and in the Holy Spirit. We will not remember the former things because they will have passed away. These bodies which are deteriorating, which are perishable, Paul says here, because of what Christ has done on the cross, these perishable bodies will be sown like seeds, like a kernel of wheat. They will go into the ground, and when you sow a kernel of wheat into the ground, you don't get another kernel, you get a whole new plant. And Paul says it's the same thing with our bodies. Because of what Christ has done, this perishable body is going to put on the imperishable. This mortal body is going to put on immortality. And there is a certain and sure hope that these things that afflict us in this world will be wiped away in the world to come. And ultimately, even death, even our last days, not just our evil days and dark days, not just our old days, but even our final day, is turned from defeat into victory because of what Christ has done on the cross. Death is swallowed up in victory. Death, where's your victory? Death, where's your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God who gave us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so this is the gospel hope that Solomon could see dimly, but we can see clearly And God has revealed to us through his son, Jesus Christ. The curse of the dying world, the finality of death, are no longer a cause for despair. They appear like futility to Solomon, but they are in fact victory to us. For the Christian, all this futility is replaced with triumphant hope. As our bodies are glorified and we are justified in the age to come. But that only happens if you remember God before those days arrive. So that means however young you are right now, this is the time to start remembering God before the dark days come, before the old days come, before the final days come. Because the glory days of our strength and our beauty and our youth, they will not carry us through the dark days or the old days and certainly won't carry us through the last day. The only thing that gets us through those days is remembering God. And God has said, this is how you have hope. You have hope in my son, Jesus Christ. And all of this curse of the world, all of this futility gets undone when we have that hope in Christ. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your word. We thank you for the wisdom that you gave Solomon. We know that despite the futility of his days, his heart was ultimately set on you. Despite the dark days that he faced and the foolishness that he brought on himself, his heart was set on you. Father, I I can just imagine, this is just me imagining now, but I can just imagine Solomon in paradise even now, 
having, having written dimly about what was to come, just exulting over what he's seen in your son going to the cross. Exulting in the hope that you have given a world that he saw only as futile apart from you. I can just see Solomon, like, maybe dancing about how awesome your plan was (laughs) to send Jesus and make it so clear and make it so amazingly obvious that we have hope in a God who loves us, who will give us strength in the dark days, who gives us community and peace and purpose even in the old days, and who turns death and our final day not into defeat but into victory where we get to actually dance with Solomon and celebrate as he celebrates your son in paradise. Father God, I pray for any that are listening. I I pray for all of us as believers that if there are dark days or tragic days or old days that are dragging us down, that we just keep coming back to remember you and your strength and the grace and the goodness that is in your son and that you've not left us alone but given us your Holy Spirit and your church and we don't do this alone. And if there are any that do not remember God or have not known God to be prepared for their last day, I pray that even now they would recognize the free gift of eternal life. That they just lay down their sword, they lay down their arguments, they lay down their resistance. They just say, God, you are God and I am not. I'm done arguing, I'm done fighting, I'm done trying to find hope in other places that fail. I'm putting all my hope in you. Forgive my rebellion. Forgive my sin. Make me your child. And if they do that right now, then they get the sure miracle of eternal life. Father, I just pray that that would take place even now in people's hearts if it needs to take place. Father, if anybody makes that decision this morning that they would talk to somebody about it, talk to me, talk to an elder, phone somebody, text somebody, take somebody out to lunch and talk to them about it. Father God, we thank you that we do not face these days in futility. We face these days in hope, the sure, unshakable hope of our creator who has given us his son to do everything that we couldn't do and give us the free gift of salvation. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.